Welcome to Brazen Education with Educator Barnes, a podcast with a focus on speaking your truth, being transparent to help others, and having no shame about it. Because we can't move forward until the truth is known. It's Educator Barnes here, and today my topic is beginning a new teaching job after the start of the school year. There has been twice in my career that I've started the school year in a new school after the school year has began. The first time that happened was my second year in the classroom. But to explain why that happened my second year in the classroom, I have to take you back to my first year in the classroom. My first year in the classroom, I was recruited right out of college to go work in the suburb of Indy. And in particular, that school year, that school district um, was being intentional about recruiting teachers of color. The uh, school district had went from 99% white to 90% white. And part of that was due to new housing um, subdivisions that were being built in this suburb that um, were almost half the price of other homes in the suburb, which allowed people from different backgrounds who also happened to be of color to move into the suburb. And so to address that, they wanted to hire teachers of color. The problem that I immediately ran into was that I had colleagues who simply thought I was only hired because I was black. Um, I mean, I heard things like, well, you just came out of college. Well, you know, that's kind of how it is when you're a first year teacher. You just came out of college. Like, okay. Oh, um, so-and-so. I know so-and-so interviewed for this job. And that person is so much better than you. I don't understand why that person didn't get the job. And so I was only black teacher at the school. And that's the type of harassment I got. You know, I'm an affirmative action hire. Only hired because I was black. So in February, I put in my resignation. I said, I will stay through the end of the school year because I didn't want to leave the students during the school year. But I said, I will not return. Well, I did not uh, obtain another teaching job until about after the first quarter of the next school year. So I had to come in then. The second time I started after the school year, it was actually the same thing. I dealt with a lot of racism. Same thing, the school district, I was not the only black teacher that school year, but that school I was at, they hired quite a few black teachers. Um, Once again, you're referring to action hire. And not only that, people were actively trying to make my job difficult. And I was actually the last person of color. Um, There was five of us that ended up resigning um, during the school year. So think about that. The other job, I was like, all oh, this way to the end of the school year, I wrote it out during the school year. And I was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this. I'm not leaving the school during the school year. But I just got to the point after everyone else left. And I was just like, you know what? Forget this. I don't have to be here. I am talented. I have good data. I can get hired. And sure enough, and even the principal, because pers- I told the principal I wanted to live in the school year. And she was like, oh, no, um, it'll get better. You know, stay with it. And I listened. And it just got twice as worse. And I was just like, I'm going to be here. And then the principal pushed back, well, I'm not going to write you a reference letter. Um, if they call me, I'll give you a neutral reference. Now, let me tell you how jacked up that was. You didn't give me a neutral reference, but my evaluation at the end of the school year was highly effective. Highly effective. Um, and I just know that I was one of the few people that got that, according to the quote-unquote grapevine. So I'm like, okay, you, you do you, because I'm going to do me, and I'm going to get a job. And I sure enough landed a job 
uh, super fast without the reference from the principal. And I was pretty frank when I went into the interview. I said, this is why I'm leaving the school. I'm number, I'm the fifth person of color that's leaving. Um, superintendent low-key got involved. Um, it was involved enough to um, get people to sort of stay, but not involved enough to be meaningful, which was disappointing. So I've had two experiences thus far where I had to come in after the school year started. And that's the thing that happened. You could be listening to this and you're a December graduate, which means you're you graduate in December and you don't want to wait to the next school year. Because, look, college loans, they not waiting. <laughs> you're like, I need to get a J.O.B. So I want you to know that you can be successful in starting a new job after the school year. And this is how. One of the first things I realized when you started the school year is that you have to give yourself grace. It won't be perfect. I am notoriously a perfectionist and I want things to be perfect. I'm out of places year 14 in my career where I can live in the messiness a little bit, um, a little bit. Um, to tell you how systematic and organized I am, I normally give people this example. Uh, my closet is currently uh, organized by function and by color going from light to dark. Um, so that's how super organized I am. That's how super in order I need things to be. And when you start a school after the school year starts, you just can't get that sometimes. <laughs> and for people like me, that's a bit frustrating, but you got to live with it. Um, things won't be perfect. You'll forget things. You may not understand the quote unquote way of the school, but that doesn't mean it won't be okay to think about it. If a school has a vacancy, um, and some of y'all know sometimes they'll just take anybody. Now, I'm not saying that you're not of quality, right? That's not what I'm saying. But they are grateful to have you. So they're not going to try to push you out the door because you screwed up one time, right? Because they don't need another vacancy because they get another vacancy and you, they had a teacher and then it was you and then you go out the door. There's a third teacher for those kids for that school year. So they're going to try at least to help you hang on to the end of the school year, right? So you got to give yourself uh, some grace and not be hard on yourself. If it's not the way that you wanted it, had you started the school year at the beginning of the school year. Next tip is don't change everything from the previous teacher. And that one is hard, hard, hard. Uh, when I took over a sixth grade English position, uh, my second year in the classroom, when I started after school year started, um, I was taking over. So essentially at this school, they didn't have a sixth grade teacher. So they got a retired teacher to come and teach, right? And those kids was giving this lady a run for her money. Um, she was just like, I'm done. I am out. But she did have some decent structure because she had been teaching. I mean, she was had been retired, right? And I didn't like everything. But in getting to know the kids, I found out that there was parts that they liked. She had this assignment where they would do current events. And it was a sign that they had to find an assignment. They had to find something in the newspaper and write about it and share it with the class. Now, this was something I did not do the first year of teaching, but the kids liked it. So I'm like, how can I keep this and make it something that I, more meaningful? Well, the issue I noticed, you know, I kept a, a lot of her assignments. And they would find something random, write up something, turn it in. But I'm like, if, if we're using the newspaper as a resource, right? We should use all parts of the newspaper. So I made a current events calendar and I made it so they had to look at different sections. So this week you had to come back with a health article. This week you had to come back with something on politics. This week you had to come back with something um, happening in our community. And then 
I didn't necessarily have the all the kids present because that took a lot of time. That ate up a lot of time, even though I am a strong advocate that we need to do more speaking in classes in school. We do a lot of reading and writing. We don't do enough when kids get to listen to you read. And we don't do enough of kids speaking and um, giving presentations. So instead, I had a few people share what they learned. And then we had a discussion on the topic, right? And I'll do a little side story. The one year... Uh, of that school year, we did uh, health, and uh, you know, a kid did found an article about diabetes, and another kid found an article about exercise. And in my classroom, I had established, you know, after a few months, you know, this is a trust, a trusting safe place, a trusting safe place. And if you need to say something or address something, you need to say it. And so this kid said, "Mrs. Barnes, I, I need to, to address something." And I said, "Okay." Uh, I said, remember how, you know, we address people. We are, uh, we're telling the truth. We're not being disrespectful. And we're not putting someone down. And they said, well, you're the person. And I was like, me? And, I, and I'm very open. So I was like, man, what you going to say? Because sometimes kids, you know, they, they're trying to have like a, a difficult conversation with you. And it'd be something like little, like, I don't like how close these rows are together. So, you, you know I mean, you listen right. But you're like, well, <laughs> the desk are staying in the rows. Appreciate your concern. Well, the students were like, Mrs. Barnes, uh, we are concerned about um, how much you're eating junk during the school day. And, um, well, some of your clothes aren't fitting the way they were to be in the school year. And I was like, uh, okay, um, hmm. Yeah, that one caught me completely off guard. Um, but the truth was, I had started this job at the start of school year, and I probably put on close to 15 pounds. And I was, like, when we were doing, like, the read aloud, and I was walking around, I literally had my literature book open, and in the middle of my literature book, it would be candy bars, uh, brownies. I mean, I was I had a drawer, and there was nothing but junk food. And when that kid brought it to my attention, they're like, and we were, you know, the one article that someone had, they were talking about, you know, um, there's differences between white people and black people when it comes to obesity and not being healthy and not seeing that you're going to get obese, Mrs. Barnes. But, you know, like we kind of like you and we want you to stay around because like they were talking about like you is shortening your lifespan. And so I do real deep. <laughs> and I'm like and the kid was serious. Like it was like a genuine concern. It wasn't a joke. The class got really quiet because they was like, oh, man, Mrs. Barnes, let's pop off. And I said to the student, I said, I appreciate your concern. And I said. I do need to do better. And I said, I, I, and I, this is loud. I said, we all know that this shirt I'm wearing is fitting a little tight right now. And that kind of broke the ice. Everybody laughs. But because I kept with something that the kids really liked, they were invested in it. Because they're already having to change right now by changing the teacher, right? The last thing they need is everything to get changed upside down. But some things do need to change. So my next point is to establish a presence. Once you determine the things that you want to keep the same, you have to establish a presence for yourself, right? What are the things that you need to change so you can be you? So for me, that was establishing some procedures. You know, the one thing I noticed was like people with this fella, they could get up out of their seats whenever and go do stuff. And or 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 the my favorite and then note the sarcasm here. Oh, Miss Barnes, I'm going to the bathroom. Uh, you're not informing me where you're going. You get permission to go somewhere. And then I decide whether you get to go or not. So those are some of the things I had to tie up right now. Cause I'm like, you, you're not just going to tell me you're going to the water fountain. You're not going to tell me you're going to the bathroom. It don't work like that. Because maybe right now is not a good time. Maybe right now I'm about to roll out some new content. And I need your behind in this chair listening to what I'm about to teach. So some of the things I established were like basic rules. Like, uh, you need to raise a silent hand. 
Um, I had to establish, like, treat people how you want to be treated because there was just a lot of disrespect going on in this classroom. Um, and I had three sections of sixth grade English. I had established that we ask for permission and we don't get out of our seats unless I say turn and talk and turn your desk to talk. Unless I say get into quads, get into a group of four, unless I say that you have permission to go to the bathroom, go to the water fountain, go to the nurse, you are not informing me of nothing you will ask. And if you don't follow the procedure, there will be a consequence. And maybe you'll have a lunch detention with me. Maybe you'll have detention after school. And then I gave the consequence because that was the other issue was that, I mean, this one kid and, and I'm, I'm really pro like coaching kids, helping them with their behavior. But there was one kid that should not have still been at this school um, when I started after first quarter had ended. And let me tell you, day two, the kid called me the B-word and took a literature book. And y'all know what these school literature look, books look like. They are thick as all get out, threw the book at me, and it went past my face and slammed into my whiteboard. Uh, and, and the kids were like, oh, that's just what he does. He was getting in the other teacher's face because I, I called the phone. I said, I said so, so-and-so uh, called me a B, and he threw a book at me. I'm going to need somebody to come and get him pronto. And I hung up the phone. And I said, uh, and I said, class, we're going to go on with the lesson. And the kids called me. I'll touch the names and stuff. And so uh, I started documenting what this child was doing because I'm really good at having good classroom management. I would just end up, some people say I was just a natural of it. And I don't equate that to, like, me being black because sometimes that's, like, a, a, a misperception. Because my first teaching job, like I said, all of, most of my students were white. I had one uh, Hispanic student, one black student, and one student from Saudi Arabia. Everybody else was white. And my blackness or me being urban or whatever it is that people think that we we were like some magical black teachers. No, I had routines and procedures, and I stood my ground. If I say you're going to get a consequence, I made sure you got it. And that's how I ran my classroom. But there are times when you're doing all that, and somebody's just popping off, and they need some intervention that you cannot provide. Um, so when they're being violent towards you, so I said to my team, I said, we need to start documenting some of these stuff. And and I said, and then the other thing was like, we can't be emotional. Well, he was being disrespectful. No. And I said, when I'm writing a paper, and this is what I told my colleagues, and this is my second year in class. When I'm writing a paper and I want to nail the point home, I'm giving specific examples. I'm using quotes. I'm not being emotional. I'm not saying, well, he's being disrespectful and I don't like how he. No, I wrote the referral. Asked student to sit down and turn to the page. Student said, we, he's not reading this stupid blank. And I said, this is what we're doing. Stop interrupting class. Have a seat. Student tried to argue with me and said, call me a B. He threw the literature book past my head and slammed it to the wall. The student continued to say, and I wrote down everything he said as I was teaching, even though he heard I was calling to have him picked up. Yeah, kid got suspended. And he eventually got expelled, mostly because I wasn't playing games. And people were like, oh, thank you. Like, no, like. I'm going to make it clear. Yeah, I'm starting at the school year start. Yeah, you mad because I'm like actually making you learn because y'all was scaring the last teacher. But let's, let me let you know that is not going to continue because this is now my classroom now. And I am the captain of this ship and I'm steering it this way. Yeah, you know, we are working it together and this is our classroom. By the end of the day, who's going to get held accountable for having this classroom? I'm going to be held accountable because I'm the adult. And so I have to make sure I get you in line. So you either get in line, get on board of what we're doing, or I'm going to do what is necessary for you to find a placement or a school that's going to better suit you. And so that's what I ended up doing. The next part is relationships are key. Kids who end up with a teacher that starts out the school year starts either A, had a long-term sub or had another teacher that got fired or a teacher that quit on them, right? So they're already kind of shaky. They're like, hmm. 
And especially if th- that situation led to them not having to work and you coming in and trying to teach, they're like, oh, <laughs> we got you. <laughs> Let's see you. Let's see how long you're going to last. We're going to turn up for real. And let me tell you, the turn up is for real. But you have to endure and you have to be like, you know, I care about you. Good to see you this morning. Oh, did you get a haircut? Hey, how was your weekend? Hey, I really liked how you um, did those uh, citations and quoted directly from the article in your paper. You know, hey, you got a good grade, better than last week. Now, you're going to have some kids right away that's going to warm up to you. I had kids, you know, second week hugging me. Oh, I like you so much, Mrs. Barnes. Please stay. I'm like, yeah, I'm here. I'm here for the rest of the school year. I'm going to stay here with you guys. And you have some kids that are like, yeah, because she got past week one. Eh, She got past week two. I'm still going to turn up. And I, I will be honest, some of the kids, they didn't warm up to me. It was like probably third quarter when they figured out like, oh, I think she actually going to make it to the end of the school year. Well, since it seems like she's not letting up on these consequences, since it seems like she expects me to work, since it seems like I actually had to bring up my homework. Because like the other thing I started doing, calm parents, and I'm like, well, let me show your child's grade. And your child's two grade levels behind, and your child will not do work. And these are the interventions I, I took. I had your child eat lunch with me t- and to teach him, uh, reteach the lesson, and your child refused. And I just had a documentation of all the things I tried to do. So when I met with the parent, it's really clear the issue is not me. The issue is your child being non-compliant. Because that's the other thing. Side note, if you ever going to meet with parents, make sure your case is locked tight. So if a parent tried to complain and do the, I want to call the principal and the school board and the, the news. Because I've had teachers, uh, have parents do that. And I'm just like, and this is how I respond. I always, uh, when I coach teachers, I say this. I said, you are within your right to contact those people. However, I would like to continue this meeting and tell you how I would like to help your child. But if you would like to end this meeting at this time um, and bring in another person and reschedule, I'll be more than happy to do that. And I always mention the rescheduling thing because just like it's hard for me to leave my school to go to my son's school for something if he's getting in trouble. I know it's hard for you to take off work again and come back and meet with me. So I just try to make it clear like I'm trying to help your child. So I had iron clad cases and then I really worked into that. So. I'll tell you, um, about third quarter, I had one class because students had transferred to another school. It got down to eight students. Well, I had this class before lunch, so I would take them to lunch and pick them up. And one day, one of the kids said, like, Mr. Marsh, what's the point? Like, why can't we just eat lunch in here? And then, you know, they kept getting silent lunch because stuff was happening. They're like, can we just eat in the classroom? So I would take them down to the cafeteria. We would pick up our lunch. We would eat it in our room. And then um, I got to the point where I would just get a trash can and dump all the stuff in there. And we wouldn't even go back. And so we just kind of had a whole, cause we had, it was one of those situations where you had class before lunch. Then you had lunch and you came out and finished class. So this made things flow a little, a little easier. And I could be, I got to play a little bit with my timeline. So we did more like movies and stuff. Uh, and cause you know how sometimes at school, if you want to show a movie, you have to go get it quote unquote approved. But I would just show it during the lunchtime. So I may uh, do a book and then we watch the movie every day during lunch. <laughs> and so the kids just thought it was so cool. And then for me, it was awesome. I could show a movie, didn't have to get it approved. I'm building a relationship with kids. Then I would, then I would make stuff. Like I made them this honey cornbread that they, uh, yeah, it's good. <laughs> the kids are like, oh, Mrs. Bonnie can cook. She made this from scratch. So I'm making stuff. And it just really, so that class was really close to me, which actually led to me looping up. Um, with some of my sixth grade students the following school year when I taught seventh grade. And it just 
really made it. So you have to put in the effort. You have to put in the time to make those relationships before because they've already been abandoned. So, so you're coming into a classroom of abandoned children. Whether those children were abandoned because the previous teacher was fired or the previous teacher quit or they just never hired someone. These are kids that are in abandoned mode. And so they're protecting their hearts. They're protecting themselves. And so they need to know that they can trust you. They need to know that you invested. They need to know that you're there for the long haul. So you're going to have to work on relationships twice as hard as you would have if you would have started at the beginning of the school year. My next tip is to lean on colleagues. Every school has their initiatives. They have their ways of doing things. So, you know, some schools I've been in. Oh, okay, guys. See you. See you uh, going out to the cafeteria. I'll, uh, and I'll see you after uh, lunch. You know, so some schools, the kids just walk themselves to the cafeteria and walk themselves back to class. Other schools I've been in, you had to walk the kids to the cafeteria and walk them back. Or, you know, some schools I've been in, they have a silent dismissal. Some schools it's like, get to the bus, you know. And so you really have to learn those procedures and you have to figure out what are like the, I always say, what are the big rocks? What are the things that the administration is unmovable about? Like if you don't do this, they're going to come for you. If you don't do this, you, you might get written up. You don't do this, you might end up in a meeting. So you got to lean on your colleagues to find out that, that stuff. That, you know, between the line stuff that's not in the little handbook or whatever guide they give you when you start. There are some things that they kind of expect you to do. And they just kind of feel like you should know it because, oh, you are a teacher or, you know. But every school does things differently. I've been in enough schools to tell you that what flies in one school does not fly at another school. The other reason you need this is because they have historical knowledge that you may not have. Now, I'm very big on, like... Not looking up everything about kids, you know, they should have a fresh start with you. However, like, shoot, give me a heads up that dude throws books at teachers. Like, don't leave me hanging. Like, let me know that. Give me a heads up if you have one of those kids who are, are runners. They, they they flee anytime they don't like something. Give me a heads up. So, or I had a student that wasn't like, uh, uh, you have those students who they get upset and just run off and they leave and slam the door. Then you have those kids who just slip out your classroom and you don't notice it. Nothing happened. They just feel like, eh, I don't want to be here. Open the door and go. Um, and I start when I started the school year, uh, after the school year started, I had one of those silent exiters. That's what I called it, the person. So I made, I moved that person's seat. So I, there was a place where I, in this class I, I had was really tight. When I said the desk touched the back of the wall and I couldn't walk up and down the road, I had to walk up a row and walk back up that the same row because I couldn't do the perimeter of the room. That's how packed. And my desk, the kids' desk literally touched my desk um, because of how tight this classroom was. So I moved this kid's desk on the other side of the room. So if this kid decided to flee, they literally had to cross in front of my feet to leave. That kid was pissed after I switched to see because I'm like, after the first time that kid left and I didn't realize it, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't realize it and the kid was brought back. I was like, and then like, and then I got, I popped up with the whole class. I said, because I didn't have the door closed, so the kid just slipped out. I said, I know somebody saw this kid walk out and nobody didn't say anything. That is not okay. I said, let somebody else walk out here and nobody says something. We, I just made some arbitrary threat that I really had no intention of keeping. <laughs> but I was mad because you know what I was mad about? Cause I got, I got in trouble cause the kid left and I didn't know about it. So I said, I got y'all. I got all y'all. I said, we go. I said, tomorrow we're going to have a new scene chart cause this will not happen again. So I went to the call and said, anybody else, uh, behavior stuff I need to know about. And I got a little bit of info that was help, helpful. It helped me kind of fix my scene chart. A little bit and then I understood like some procedures like uh, th that particular school uh, really had a rule against people kind of meeting up 
and talking about stuff. It wasn't a scheduled meeting because they were really trying to kind of control the culture of the school. Essentially, they didn't want people to be like, oh, meeting in the classroom, venting about how they hate the principal or venting about this initiative. It's like if you have an issue with something, you need to call an official meeting and be solutions oriented to fix it. And they say, if you are caught doing this, you will be addressed. You will be in office. So that was like one of those insider tips that was not in the little staff handbook and the little guides that they gave me when I started the school year. That uh, info was something I was only going to get for colleagues. And also you need to lean on them just for help. Like they may have a routine, how they do something or how they take notes. And you haven't learned that. Be like, hey, can you meet with me after school and just help me out? Cause I'm struggling right now and I really want to be successful this school year. Because when you add that in, because trust and believe. Because you weren't there at the start of school year and because they were with someone who either left or quit or got fired, trust and believe those other teachers have had to support that teacher until you came. So they're more they're gonna be more than happy to support you to get you to stay. So they're not either even helping do the lesson plan for that class, you know, dealing with behavior issues because you know a lot of times you have teachers like they just kick everybody out because they, they don't want to deal with it, they don't want to be there no more, or they know they're about to get fired anyway. So they're like, I don't care, y'all about to fire me anyway, so I'm just gonna Come in here and sit at the desk. I'm not even going to bother walk around and aggressively monitor or check anything because y'all don't get rid of me anyway. So they will help you. And you need to find your go-to person because some people, they're willing to help to a certain extent. And they're like, look, you don't have to figure it out, right? But you need to find that colleague who's like, look, I got you. Whatever you need, just come, I'll come down there in my prep. I, I help you I'll after school. I got you. You need to find that person that's like, I got you so you can be successful. And those are all the things. So uh, just uh, to recap give yourself a little grace it's not going to be perfect it's okay you can make it better or more perfect the next school year don't change everything because the kids need some type of stability so some of the things may not have been horrible keep those establish your presence so the things that you do need to change stick with it so they know that you're serious make sure relationships are key make sure that the relationships are on point you're gonna have to put more effort in than you ever had to do before and then lean on your colleagues because they want you to stay trust me they want you to stay so hopefully if uh and also you may be the tutor that needs to leave because the school is toxic and you need to switch schools during the school year so know that even if you do that because sometimes if you leave a school because it's toxic or you're getting harassed or whatever you go to another school, you're not not as successful as you was previously. You may be doubting yourself. It's not you. Remember, you're walking into a classroom of abandoned students. And so you just got to put in a little bit more effort. But let me tell you, the next school year after I started um, those two schools, uh, the, uh, the second time I started after the start of school year, it was actually smooth sailing because I had done it one time before. But that next school year, so year three for me, um, it was smooth sailing. The kids were like, oh, Mrs. Barnes came back and Mrs. Barnes is still not playing. <laughs> OK, we ready. Let's go. So hopefully this was helpful. And thanks uh, for listening and I'll catch you next week.